Welcome to And Introducing, a podcast about artists in their own words, which is a fancy way of saying one of us reads an artist's memoir and tells the other one about it. I'm Chris Wade. I'm Molly O'Brien. And introducing, on drums, still, Mr. Travis Parker. Yes. Uh, Last week, we covered the scrappy childhood, the uh, dirtbagging styles, and and rapid rise into the drumming, the SoCal drumming community. He of, was a SoCal drumming community. Community of, of one. Of hard drumming greyhound, Travis Barker. <laughs> Ta- tattooed, sinewy greyhound. Yes. With maximum rhythmic control. I was trying to, as I was listening back to the last episode, I realized that I don't think we ever... I, I really don't feel like I effectively commented on uh, Travis's drumming. Mm. So I think that it sound, tra- a good Travis drum fill sounds like if you had a cardboard box full of your childhood toys mm-hmm. and you kicked it down a flight of stairs. But in perfect order and meter. Yeah, it always just feels like somebody falling. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is this based on a memory where someone kicked your toys down the stairs? Do no, we I'm need just to talk to, this out? I'm just trying to think of, uh, you know, it's a box full of fun things. It's okay to talk about it. <laughs> I never, I'm sorry that someone did that to you. I never dropped my toys. It's okay. Someone uh, did. <laughs> someone did this. This is quickly becoming a recovered dream or recovered memories podcast. Yeah, yeah. We're all about un, unrepressing here at and Introducing. Unrepressing. Unrepressing. Uh, so, when we last left Travis... Uh, what had happened to him? He had just got married, um, not before stirring up some shit with a guy who was stirring up some shit with his future wife. <laughs> his reality TV show got a little too real. A little too real. You know, maybe the average person, if someone said something rude to you on the street or was like, you know, whatever, man, you would maybe be like a little pissed and then you would just let it go and move on. But not T-Rab. But in Travis's life, one thing leads to another. And all of a sudden there are all these uh, strapped with guns bikers that you've never met before hanging out at your wedding. Who've promised their lives to you. Uh, yeah, driving around at 4 a.m. trying to meet people in, in Taco Bell parking Various lots. Various parking lots. But then you get married anyway. You know, mar- like weddings are stressful. I get it. So despite himself, he's got his wedding relationship and kid mm-hmm. on lock. Mm-hmm. What's going on with Blink? Blink-182 suddenly breaks up in 2005. Tom quits the band and leaves Travis and Mark behind. Aliens just got to him. Aliens, he's got his own, he's on his own journey. He's on his own spirit quest. I really wish him the best. I respect Tom. um, And it seems like they didn't, there were like some hard feelings, but at the same time, Mark and Travis are like, we still want to make music, right? So they started a band called Plus 44. Travis diplomatically calls it not exactly the band that Mark and I were supposed to be in, <laughs> which is, I think, a kind way of saying, like, I don't think our music turned out that great, but like, I was just happy to be playing with with my buddy. Uh, and then this is around the time that did Travis... Did you ever listen to any Plus 44? Barely any. Yeah. I, I did listen to Boxcar Racer, which was Tom's mm-hmm. album with Travis, which actually hurt Mark's feelings because Travis thought that Mark was cool with it and Mark didn't know and Mark was like what the hell guys I was a big boxcar racer fan uh Travis at this time also starts to work with people in the hip-hop world um just because like he's a hip-hop fan and you know ambiently things sort of come into place 
uh, T.I. has in play uh, when he plays Jay Leno's show. Jamie Foxx has in play with him at the BET Awards. Oh, he shit. records with everyone from Bun B, Beanie Siegel, The Game, Rick Ross, Lil Wayne. Um, so he's like playing remixes. He starts doing like remixes basically of hip hop songs where he plays the drum track and then everyone's like, that's super hot. Can you do that for me for like $250,000? <laughs> it's great. Yeah. The first time I, rec- I remember him popping up in that world, do you remember the uh, Diddy track? Uh, Bad, Bad Boy, Boy for, for Life? Life? Yeah. That, was- yeah, so he was in a video of that, I think surrounded by Cadillacs. Yeah, that song's a little corny, but I also really enjoyed it when it I came out. I love Bad Boy for Life. That and I was, was like, a- oh, that's that guy I know from the rock band playing with the hip hop band. That was P. Diddy's like reclamation of his sort of throne. You know that that was his like don't worry about if I write rhymes I write checks phase like yeah. he was he was like I'm not a good rapper but well, like the last time I surround myself music, with good right? people yeah he does he has done it uh, periodically with like people from making the band which is another excellent MTV show the the real hero of this storyline is just MTV's reality programming department yeah. a plus at this time Travis also meets a guy named Adam Gold scene who DJs as DJ AM and the two of them start collaborating uh, basically Travis suggests he's like you play a song and I'll just fill in the drum track with something dope and they start playing they go from zero to playing parties sponsored by Boost Mobile which sounds like the most 2006 this is thing in the world such a drive by of cultural signifiers of the early aughts 100% of the aughts. yeah the idea of like ima- you know imagine going to a boost mobile party was it sponsored right? by the sidekick i'm sure that the sidekick was involved somehow and i'm sure that there was like what ciroc vodka yep. and a free like somebody, razor razor phone somebody com- comes up to you saying hey have you heard this new drink red bull <laughs> i don't know it's like a drink that gives you energy i guess it's like coffee but it more make, like a soda and it I don't mixes know. great with vodka too you should definitely try that yeah. this was like if you could describe the aesthetic of the mid-aughts it, it was red bull vodka chic yeah sure <laughs> Quick side note from the edit here. I went to look up performances of DJ Am and Travis Barker playing, and literally the first one I clicked on had them performing under a giant banner for the sidekick, and DJ Am is guzzling Red Bulls on stage. So we uh, nailed this scene to a T here in the episode. So at this point, uh, it sounds like this is a period where Travis is constantly recording and performing with anyone who asks. Um, he's just always like says down. Yes. He always says yes. He's he would make a great. No, you probably wouldn't make that great of an improv performer. Yeah, I think he's a little too uh, 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 soft spoken. Yeah. But at this point, his relationship with Shanna is not great. They almost break up a bunch of times. Then she reveals it she's pregnant like with his daughter. Their entire relationship is them almost They're just breaking almost up. breaking up. So she's pregnant again um, with his daughter, Alabama. Uh, Travis says, he, so this is how he basically recaps their whole relationship. He says, the first year Shannon and I were together was like a movie. A porn movie, right? Yeah. <laughs> the times that she were pre- that she was pregnant were magical. When our children were born, those were the happiest times of my life ever. But the rest of our relationship became a headache. So it's basically like he loves it when she's pregnant, loves it when they're first having their kids, loves it the first year when they're just boning constantly, and then everything else is like drama, drama, drama. Can I? say that it sounds like he really likes the parts of her that serve the bare minimum biological purpose of a woman. He likes the boobies and the vagina and, and then the, the womb that that's yeah. attached to the vagina. All the other parts, not so much. Yeah, the whole process. And he loves the kids. So he doesn't have a problem with 
like the, the he loves the children he really loves being a good dad and he actually says like he blames shannon being expiring an expiring actress and adding drama to their lives that he doesn't need um she's extremely jealous and it's constantly accusing him of hooking up with other girls when he's just at the studio with his bros honestly is the is the reality show ongoing at this point the reality show is still happening uh i think it ends before their relationship ends for good because i bet that i can imagine that going along with it that yeah. she, that she wants to make it more dramatic as a vector to improve her acting career. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Um so she describes the demise of their relationship uh as, you know, saying that she thought the hangers on in his life got between her and him like little Chris and everyone else in the entourage. Hey, she do not bring little Chris into this. Yeah. Well, that's I think that's Travis's attitude. He's like these are my friends and she's like you hang out with them all the time and you never hang out with me. But she also admitted to jealousy and says, I threw a lot of drinks in a lot of girls' faces. Sure. Um, it sounds like she is a nightmare in the club if she feels threatened, like your your vodka soda or your vodka Red Bull is going to end up right back on the Juicy Couture tracksuit. Would you say that she's a messy bitch who loves drama? She's a messy bitch who loves drama. She's not a robber who loves... She's not a, she's not a scammer who loves robbery and fraud, but she's definitely a messy bitch who loves drama. That is 100% the way to describe her. So the relationship kind of unofficially ends sometime in 06, but they're on and off for a while. And like, she's hooking up with other people. He's definitely hooking up with other people, but sometimes they try to get together, stay together for the kids and then they don't. But Travis is like mostly back on the market at this point. And one of the first people he hooks up with after his relationship ends is Paris Hilton. Oh my God. It's just more. It just keeps coming. Yeah. Just the, it's in Vegas. It's a whirlwind relationship. Uh, she takes, they take selfies together. He's and he's kind of like some of the some of history's first recorded selfies. Perhaps, perhaps on I assume they ended on up on their, MySpace. Yeah, but they were shot with their Boost Mobile camera phones. Yeah, maybe like a, a Canon point and shoot of some of some sort. Yeah, that, yeah, that weird Polaroid camera that printed off the tiny Polaroids that were then also mm-hmm. stickers. Yep, that, yep. Was, that was cool. That was pretty cool. I miss those. Uh, I don't think I could ever afford those at the time. Just to go back to the idea of like pop punk not caring about authenticity just wanting yeah. to have the most fun this is like absolutely that a real punk rock dude would never have sex with paris hilton and travis is just like it's there it's in front of me and it's fun so i'm going to do it yeah he he constantly agrees to every situation that he is in mm-hmm. and <laughs> of course he's in he's going to parties with paris hilton in there and he's also like moved firmly into the realm of not just the drummer from Blink-182, but mm-hmm. working mu- musician who is mixing it up throughout this entire scene. Yes. He seems to know everybody. At one point, he references that rappers have start name-dropping him in their songs as, like, a cool thing to name. And That like, must that's, feel fucking fantastic. That must feel so great. Imagine like, being what? mentioned in a popular rap song as oh a God. signifier of coolness. It's like... It, it's I bet that feels like a viral tweet, but like much more so. Yes. <laughs> um, so he's messing around with Paris. At one point, Suge Knight, founder of uh. Death Row Records, marries them. They're just like <laughs> I'm just imagining Suge Knight showing him and be like, "No kiss." I mean, so kiss this, for me. this is what happens. So I think it's in Vegas still because what what is not happening in Vegas at this time? This is also just like peak Vegas in a way. Suge says, uh, "Paris." Will you take my dude, Travis? Will you suck him off? Will you ride that dick until death do you part? He says, I will. 
Travis. This is actually. He says Paris. Did I say that right? Yeah. I think okay. So. okay no this way. is actually legally binding in Las Vegas, by yes, the way, or in certain in some countries. Yes. Travis, do you promise to beat that pussy up <laughs> in sickness and in health, and to knock out any motherfucker that messes with Paris? I drunkenly said, I do. So this is the kind of life that uh, Travis is living right now. Shanna runs into Paris one night in the club and hits her. Sure. And ends up uh, getting charged with assault, and Paris calls Travis from the pr- jail, being like, "What the." F- what is I did not plan on like what is he what is what is this crazy bitch doing? You didn't warn me about this. Uh, at the same time, Travis is also seeing um, the Miss USA at the time, Tara Connor. This is the second Miss USA in his life. A Love younger pageant model. ladies, yes. And so he's just living, and like clearly he has a type, and the type is blonde. Yeah. Which why not? Uh, at this time, he is shooting a video for a Plus Forty Four song, and he breaks his arm while he's like fake playing the drums. He, and look, I admire his lifestyle, but the source of his injuries is not very rock baffling. And roll. Tripping over luggage, and fake dr- not fake even drumming. real dr- drumming. And he says he's like, I did. I was not drumming hard enough to break my arm. What just happened? And a doctor is like, You have got the bones of an eighty-year-old. Why? Oh, because he's been abusing Vicodin for so long, and Vicodin, I guess, sucks calcium from your bones, so he has brittle-ass bones. That sucks. So that really sucks. And around the same time, he meets uh, a young woman through Paris named Kim Kardashian. Kim Kardashian is Paris's closet girl at the time, which means she basically just organizes her closet. Does Kim have a memoir? Not a Kim War. Well, Kim has a that book, Selfie, which oh, is, yeah, yeah. I don't think it has many words in it. Someday, someday, but someday we'll, we'll get a the, full the Kardashian. I'm sure. Who's the guy who writes my struggle? Carl like Nausgaard. Yeah, Nausgaard. Yeah. At some point, he's going. There's going to be a collabo between Kanye, Kim, and Carl, and it's going to be like my struggle. The, the Kim and great. Kanye version. Can I tell you? Plus forty four has some of the worst band aesthetics as I've ever seen. Yeah. Their like logo <laughs> and everything is just very, very, very bad. Like this stuff with the spattered paint and yeah. things that are cropped nonsensically for no reason. It's it's not good. It looks like word art. Yeah, it does look like word art. That's pretty weird. Uh, so he meets Kim Kardashian. They hang out a lot, but they never really hook up because Travis says that all he wants to do is be a gentleman to her. He just wants to like hold her hand and take her to the movies. So, so they never smush. <laughs> and at one point strange. she she says, hey, uh, like I'm talking, I'm going to meet with Ryan Seacrest soon about getting a reality show because I think my family's really interesting. Like, can you tell me about what it's like to just be filmed all the time? And he's like, it's intense. Like, you know, it's it changes your entire life. And so we kind of have Travis to thank for a little bit pushing Kim toward becoming the Kim she is today. I did not know that there that there was a Travis Barker sub in the Kim Kardashian story. There certainly is. Now, if you don't know, now, now you, know. you know. Okay, so this is this is the stuff. Uh, this is the the pivotal event in 2008. DJ AM uh, and Travis are playing together at sort of the like height of their powers. They are the VMAs house band that year, which means that they're the ones who like are constantly playing on and off like all the commercials. Sure, sure, sure. The DJ Khaled's. Yeah, which is a, was it, the DJ Khaled exactly. So that's like that's a place of honor. Uh, Ten days after the VMAs, they have a gig in South Carolina, which is like a free show for a bunch of college kids. They get flown out on a private plane. Travis brings little Chris along and brings his friend Che uh, who I think is just like an associate of Travis's and they're like ready to ball out like they don't they don't you know a private plane is still a special thing for them sure and so when Travis leaves he notices that his kids are especially frantic and he says his daughter kept repeating the roof's gonna come off daddy the roof's gonna come off 
and the show goes great. Like really? the flight go down is fine. The show in South Carolina goes great. And that night, DJM is like, do you guys want to just leave tonight so everyone can have like an extra night at home before we play more shows? And I guess like they were previously in Australia. So they're like tired. It's been a busy week. And Travis is like, yeah, let's just do it. Let's go in on a private plane on the way home. But he feels weird about it. And he, he normally, I guess he's bothering his manager being like, find out how many hours that this pilot has flown. Like what kind of model, like when's the last time this plane had worked on it? Like he's a freak about flying. I so like he's that he like, has to become a plane nerd to manage his own flying anxiety. Yeah, it, it, that and to smoke a lot of weed. So what happened to Travis on this plane? Okay, let's talk was about Was it Travis. a Beechcraft? A Cessna? It, it was a private plane. I mean, I could look it up. I'm not gonna look it up. You don't look it up. He says what kind of plane it is. So yeah, normally that's his MO, but for whatever reason, he isn't that diligent. I don't know if it's just because he's really high or he's just like going along with what DJ AM says and he just wants to get home, whatever it is, like the due diligence is not due diligized. And he says that he still has a weird feeling about it, which is why he gets extra high before he gets on the plane. Yeah, because his little entire bit life he's had a flying shining where every time he gets within 200 feet of a plane... His spider sense goes off. Yes. And his so he sense. And he's looked at the plane and he said to he called his dad and was like, I feel weird about this. So I'm just calling to let you know that I love you and I feel weird. And his dad was like, OK, it's <laughs> your <laughs> sure, trap. Yep. I wish I had that comfortable relationship to just call and say, I feel weird. The thing is, and I'm sure Travis's dad is super chill and that's why Travis turned out so chill. If I called my mom before I got on a flight and said that I felt weird about it, she would probably, totally. I assume, call it like some kind of bomb threat to the airline to like get me to like to get the to ground the plane. Like she I mean, I can't even call her randomly without warning her first, without her thinking that uh, there's an emergency and something's Wait, wrong. Wait, do you have to send like an email or a text announcing that you're going to call? There is a text announcing the call. So it, do you need to send some kind of notification announcing the text? How deep does this the go? The text is fine. A text does not uh, signify problems. But Travis's dad apparently is like, OK, cool, dude. And his associate so he brings along his assistant Lil Chris and his friend Che and Lil Chris apparently takes a selfie in front of the plane and sends it to like a bunch of his friends and one of his friends said when Lil Chris sent me that selfie I got a for some reason a chill like went down my body so there's like all kinds of shine I've never seen the shining but there's all kinds of shinings going on yeah, around here bad premonitions yes bad feels is that what the shining is uh yeah it's I've actually not seen The Shining either. Oh. We'll do a very special episode someday where we watch The Shining and talk about it. Where we just learn, we can do a sub podcast called Molly and Chris Learn have, have References. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I know from pop culture that The Shining specifically is like a bad omen Got it. that you get. Not to be confused a, with a The Omen. supernatural premonition of a bad omen. Got it. No, Got The it. Omen is Damien, the child of Satan, born to Gregory Peck. Okay, good. I'm glad that we figured that out. Anyway, shinings are, shi are shining everywhere. Um, so they get on the plane. Travis takes his shoes off. And he's like getting extra comfy, which he normally never does. And Is he the making plane, fists with his feet? Making fists with his feet? Yeah, like I'm diehard. Oh, no. That's what they say you should do to be comfortable on planes. Oh, yeah, no. Maybe that, I, I, honestly, maybe that was literally what he was doing. I think it's he was taking, he took his shoes off and then he smoked like three more blunts before the plane Yeah, going. that's the scene of Die Hard that they don't show you. Yeah. Um, the plane takes off and it immediately hits the ground and it's on fire because that's what happens 
when planes hit the ground at high speeds. So Travis says, I was yelling at the top of my lungs, stop the fucking plane. The plane was shaking uncontrollably. I was tripping so hard, I started praying out loud, screaming. In a matter of seconds, I saw decades of my life in little bits and pieces. It was like fast forward on a DVD. So great confirmation that that is a real thing. Yeah, you hear that every time something happens that brings somebody close yeah, to death. Yeah, kind of like, all right, it must be true. Uh, the plane comes to a stop. The cabin is completely on fire. Travis tries to get to little Chris and Che, but his hands catch on fire and he can't reach them. It, immediately, it's just like wall of fire. You can't get through to them. So he and DJ AM, who is also still conscious at this point, they get out of the plane. They, they like pop the emergency door. So Travis like falls out and he lands on the wing and is covered in jet fuel and because his hands are on fire. He's set on fire from his like waist down to his feet. Just like he is a human running fireball. Uh, and then finally, DJ AM like helps him like stop, drop, and roll, and he is no longer on fire. And then it's just kind of like blur of ambulance and cops and whatever, and people not realizing that he survived a plane crash. And so the crazy thing about the plane crash is that they shows a picture of it, and the roof is completely ripped off. And that's exactly what his daughter was saying before he left was, Dad, the roof's going to come off. So the shinings were real. That's. So crazy that he has all these moments of premonition. And I'm tempted to say that he's reading these backwards in his life, but it's clear that he's had a fear of flying his entire yeah. life. It's so crazy that they all literally manifest. Yeah, it's freaking nuts. Uh, also, I don't think I shared this anecdote before, but for Take Off Your Pants and Jacket, there were like, you, you know the album cover, there's three symbols on the front yeah, and one of that them was a plane. symbolize Take Off Pants and Jacket. And mm-hmm. Travis is thinking, like, when they are designing this, he's saying, I really hope I'm not the plane. I really hope I'm not the plane. And they made him the plane, which honestly, I feel like that's a situation where Travis might have expressed to his bandmates. How like, did they make him the plane? They just told him he's the plane. They're like, Travis, you're the plane. And I think Mark is the pants and Tom is the shirt. I don't <laughs> right. know whether Travis could have spoken up and been like, actually, I would like to be the pants. I feel more like the pants of this band. But I probably do the most leg work. Yeah, it's on true. Those, on those kick drums. It's true. Uh, so this has really been a building up for his entire life. So it's immediately clear that little Chris and Shay have died in the crash and the, both of the pilots are dead. So the only survivors are Travis and DJ. Um, Travis has third degree burns on 65% of his body. Uh, he gets a blood transfusion that lasts for 48 hours. Oh my God. He's in a bad way. It's it's never like, oh, you're going to die. It's like, are you going to, like, are we going to have to amputate your limbs? Like, do we have yeah, enough skin to graft? Like, yeah. yeah, I think that was more of the situation. And, like, obviously, you have burns like that, then you're susceptible to infections and all that stuff, and that can kill you too. So it wasn't looking great. And so at this point, like his entire support system comes to South Carolina to this hospital. And so Shanna comes, even though they're kind of rocky, his dad comes, the dudes from the transplants come. And this is like Rob or Rob has been chilling with him, but the Tim Armstrong, the Aquabats are not there in the park in lot, costume, in their scuba suits. Yeah, no, um, I don't think it was that level. Gabba Gabba. I'm sure they sent a nice message or card <laughs> yes. from love the Aquabats. Uh, so yeah, eventually Travis has 26 total surgeries, which when you hear a number that high, it's just like, what? Like how though? Yeah, I've had my wisdom e- teeth out once. Like, I don't know what that means or feels like. Or it only is, a, it's it's only like a medical 
distinction at that point because you, you were probably basically in surgery constantly like all the time three four five weeks yes uh he later finds out he had broken his back in three places and the doctors literally didn't catch it because they were so distracted by the burns like they didn't bother to like give him an x-ray for that or i don't even know if they like could it was a like well, the good that? news is is that it isn't as bad as we thought that you fell into burning jet fuel. The bad news is you broke your back yeah. when you fell into burning jet fuel. But at least it fuel. didn't paralyze you. You like you could still run away even though you were on fire. Oh my god. There's no there's not really pros and cons here so much as just mostly cons that, but no yeah, death. Usually when your jet turns into a fireball on the runway, it's mostly cons. Maybe you get I a would say that it's mostly cons, yes. Oh my god. A voucher. Yeah. Well, I don't even think so. He said by the way, like I didn't I don't know how much private planes cost or I didn't, but this one was $40,000 just for his ride. Just like for like the ride for the night. I think that that's basically standard. So it's like the cost of like a Toyota, like a n- new Toyota Camry. Mm, I fully, don't know. Fully loaded? All right, I would like to also reveal that I don't know how much cars cost either. Name a vehicle that you know the cost of. Um Bugatti Veyrons are like two hundred fifty thousand dollars. All right, right, we'll start there and work down. <laughs> That's all I know because I think I wrote a blog post about it once in college uh, for money. Why were you blogging about Bugattis? Why does anyone blog about Bugattis? Uh, true. Yeah. Moving on. So Travis is messed up. Travis is in a bad way. He keeps waking up during these surgeries because he's so addicted to pills that anesthesia doesn't work. Which is actually similar to Duff. <laughs> the un- Duff also had issues staying under on anesthesia because he was that's, so screwed up on That's the vodka. opening scene of the book is him getting those Demerol shots in his ass. And, and nothing works. like, more, hit me yeah. again. Like, I can't even imagine. And I mean, once, that's the unforeseen or the, the side of opiate addiction that they don't tell you about. Is that you better not get hurt in any way that requires conventional medicinal painkillers because it's not going to work. You got to be real careful, which is also really hard to do when you're messed up all the time, which is why Travis kept getting injured uh, and breaking his arms during video shoots and such. Anyway, so Travis like rounds the bend. I forgot that his bones were also incredibly brittle. He just has these like brittle bones. I think they got little bird bones. He, I think he decreased his pill intake between then and now, but like obviously did not cut it off entirely. Right. So he gets all these surgeries and he kind of rounds the bend and it's clear he's going to live, even though he's... He's so he's basically suicidal because a this thing physically horrible thing happened to him. B his friends are dead. Uh, C A plus B like who wouldn't be bummed? But he's a level of bum that he he tries to punch one of his doctors. He's also coming off of a severe prescription. Yes. So he's basically detoxing while sixty percent of his body is covered in yeah. third degree burns and just being while in pain all the time. His friends. And going through many surgeries for his brittle bone disease, mm-hmm. for his bonitis. And at the the tail end of a rocky, tumultuous relationship with his second wife. Uh, so not like a great place yeah, to be. Yeah, not great. So I, I at the same, everyone in the, in the book at this point is kind of like, they're sort of cagey saying, you know, Travis was not in a good state at this point and he was being kind of a dick and like all the nurses hated him and he screamed at everyone all the time. But I get it because plane crash. Yes. I think you get a pass a little bit. 
I give you 10 months and then you need to start getting a little you th- need to get your shit together leg. once once your burns uh heal to the point where you don't need them to be like sponged by a nurse every time yeah minutes. once they take you out of the comical full body cast where one of your arms and one of your legs is hoisted up mm-hmm. and everything <laughs> is casted over in thick white plaster but your your like mouth hole and eye hole yeah you know like in a looney tune yes once or you like get out of that that phase yeah. then you can uh then you need, you to, need to be happier up. yeah so that's happening he's depressed also at this time so shanna comes back and is like i'm gonna stay by your side no matter what like through these surgeries you know we've got too much history to let something as silly as our past get in our way <laughs> paraphrase it Wait, is that another way of say, of saying we have too much past to let our past get in the way of our future basically <laughs> or like and all of this in the shadow of like well now that you almost died like i guess i can stop being mad at you so much but his Nothing friend like you almost dying to make me stop hoping you almost died basically well he so his friend brings his laptop or something to south carolina so he has it in case he wants to get on myspace and while convalescing i don't really know why this computer was so important but the computer came travis went into a surgery he seemed to be constantly in surgeries and when he woke up shanna was gone and it was because she hacked into his computer or didn't even hack i don't think he had a password on it went into his computer went into his email saw all the emails he had ever sent to girls in the couple of years that they were like on and off and even though he wasn't cheating on her she was not happy to see and that she was hooking up with other people too she was not happy to see that he was talking to other girls so she went on his account while he's recovering from a plane crash and emails all these girls and is like oh yeah like you messed with my man and then just bolted so so much for i'll always be by your side it was yeah, like oh some, i saw all these emails to these girls on your hotmail account or whatever <laughs> that's some pretty high level uh don't email my husband bullshit yeah oh my god <laughs> nice yeah so i don't know shit Shanna's like clearly Travis saw something in her, but she seems like she kind of sucks a lot. Yeah, she's not really bringing anything to the table here. Although it's hard to say this about a guy who's <laughs> literally at death's door from jet fuel burns. Yeah, but it's almost like this is a relationship that neither of them brought anything to, yeah. except momentum. Yeah, they just just the desire to have sex a lot in different places, which, and they liked making babies together. That's true. But that is, even by their own description, like a six-month period mostly at Disneyland at the beginning. <laughs> and then after that, it's just burning fumes and babies. Yeah. And Not burning babies, drinks, but, you know, powered powered by having babies. Drinks thrown in faces at Vegas clubs just forever and ever. Amen. Different strokes. Yeah. If whatever. I mean, clearly they enjoyed the, the drama. Because some people love drama. She's a messy bitch who lives for drama. Yeah, that's not for me. No, no I'm thank a, you. I'm a disorganized bitch who appreciates <laughs> drama from afar. Disorganized bitch. Great. Um, and, oh, later Travis is healing more and Shanna says that she's happy Lil Chris and Shay died because they were interfering with her relationship with Travis. She said that she was, she was happy that the friends that died in the plane crash died that's the delete the number yeah that's what and he said that's like the final straw and he actually said in the book he's like i think she was i don't think she meant it i think she was just trying to hurt me but that was it for me bye so goodbye shanna it sounds like they're still having a contentious custody debate uh that's unfortunate yeah uh that sucks 
Travis kind of, so he gets better. He says he starts drumming again as soon as his hands, the burns on his hands fully heal. This guy's metal as hell. No, Travis, your wounds haven't fully closed. You can't start drumming yet. I I must drum. try to stop me, doctor. (laughs) Drumming on his bedpan. Full wounds start to flay open again. Yeah. No, you can't can't get him away from the rhythm. You can't stop the rhythm of the night. Mm Mm-mm. And then it's at this time that Blink gets back together. So Tom is like whatever sh- weird shit I was on, like I'm ready to come back and let's let's play some old Blink I've tunes. I've figured out the alien thing for now. For now. I've got this whole vast government reptilian New World Order experience under, under the lid for yep. now. Yeah. Let's do I'll let some it marinate. what's my age again. Yeah. We'll put it in the in the conspiracy crock pot and let it, let it stew for like four or five years. Because it does come back in a big it way. It does come back eventually. Blink gets back together. They start touring in 09. Uh, I remember they did that and I couldn't go to those show. I couldn't go to their show at Saratoga Springs because I was on duty because I was an RA in my building and just a bad decision. I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have yeah, done that. You should have skipped that ra They also featured that Blink tour in uh, Laguna Beach, I believe. Oh, was God, it Laguna Beach? Oh, that might have been a little too late. But they... I think they were in Laguna Beach at this some is, point. This is an apocal show. Yeah. A defining moment of your late adolescence. <laughs> you were sitting behind a desk signing guests in to go sloppily make out in dorm rooms. It's the big, it might be the biggest mistake of my life. My two biggest concert mistakes are getting cool one week too late to see Curiosa with The Cure and Interpol. Okay. And a bunch of other people uh, come through Cincinnati it was literally a week later that my friend Nathan, who we'll probably have on the show eventually, mm-hmm. uh, was like, oh, have you heard of Interpol? They were really cool. And I was like, this band rules. I want to know everything about <laughs> no! them. He should have been like, oh, you <laughs> wish you knew about them last week when we saw them in The Cure. Oh, that's, I'm sorry. And then also Nine Inch Nails and Bauhaus touring through college where I was like, I don't know, like Bauhaus, but I don't know about this Nine Inch Nails. I was very wrong. Very Wrong. I don't know about this. This all, uh, my, all my missed concerts are extremely goth shows. I don't know about these nails. I don't know if I like the way. I don't know if I like their length. Yeah, I'm a, more about a uh, flamboyant but trim five and a half inch nail. That's that's your your standard do anything nail. Yeah. Yeah. Multi-purpose. You, you need to be versatile. A real lunchbox nail that uh, just. <laughs> You know, doesn't show off, but gets the job done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nine inch nails might be just might be too many inches. Yeah. Is that a dick joke or something? I think it's just more about the goth symbolism. Indo- it's literally industrial. Industrial, yeah. Of just a big ass long nail. They could have been Allen wrench in a different iteration. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't have the same, you know. I had a friend in college. Alliteration goes a long way. Who I was talking to at a party once and told me that he was in a band a metal band in middle school and high school called crankshaft and literally as he was telling me he was like yeah i was in a metal band once i was like cool and he was like yeah we were called crankshaft uh it just occurred to me how homoerotic that is i mean the real the the real story there is that he was in a metal band in middle school because we all know that those people were the coolest (laughs) (laughs) nothing like a a middle school metal band oh my god yes yes Okay, so Blink gets back together, and DJ AM and Travis, the sole survivors of that plane uh, crash, are keeping, they keep playing together, and their biggest show is Coachella in 2009. Um, 
they totally bang and everyone is talking about them being like this is super cool because honestly i feel this like is barker and am playing this, coachella yeah and so th- what I, is the name, name of the act i can't pronounce it it's um can you spell it wait hold can you on make some kind hold. of pictogram or rebus for me to decipher well, it's it's ahead. So they were ahead of their time in, in the sense that I think the DJ all capitals with spaces between each word, letter. Well, it's close. So they, I think they were ahead of their time in the sense of being like a DJ and a live drummer. I think that's like very 2017. TBH. We saw a lot of acts like that. So, I mean, when we saw Avalanches last month, mm-hmm. legendary turntablist uh, band. It was basically a DJ and some extra stuff and a, and a drummer just wiling out under the the turntable beats. Like, it wouldn't surprise me if Avicii or something starts touring with a semi-live band and, like, that's the next iteration of EDM is live drums. Like, I, think I wouldn't be surprised it, at all. It honestly brings it up by such a level to have mm-hmm. a live drummer. Because it also means that you've planned out your thing because you're not just uh, turning on sequencer or the next sequence in your sequencer. Mm-hmm. That you've actually planned out your set and built a whole thing and some and you're doing it live with some other per- person it, it makes everything more immediate to just have a drummer under it yeah well big and, fan big fan of the dj drummer combo yeah well that's people should do more of that i've heard someone write that or i heard someone write heard saw someone write that they think that kids these days who are like raised on edm don't have the experience of going to a live concert and experiencing any kind of like deviation from the recording yeah so that sort of spontaneity is something that they don't really have because they're loose they're used to listening to in their headphones and then going to the show and it sounds exactly the same way only they're high on molly and there's like confetti and lasers lasers well i mean lasers add a lot orally true uh true well we can talk more about this on another episode yeah. i know we both have feelings about we have feelings about electronic and music and the electronic and a lot of it is positive but a lot of it needs work to get back to I'm the talking about you martin garx he's he's young there's he's time. time to learn yeah he's probably so rich anyway to get back to the name <laughs> the, the very 2017 name it is trv it's it's an s but it's a dollar sign so trvs dj am <laughs> oh, all one word all caps trvs Tra- Tra- it's travis dj i'm sure you pronounce it travis, travis dj am but it looks like ching dj am and the s is a it's so bad it's, it's so, so money it's so bad it's so money <laughs> so on. do better travis do better well it's okay so they play Honestly, together just travis dj am is weirdly a good band name yeah travis dj am that might not roll off the tongue it doesn't but I don't know. It's better than a weird collection of all capital letters and a symbol. True. Very true. They play Coachella and everyone loves them. Travis says that he wanted to catch the killer set, but they had a lot of pyro and I wasn't ready for it. So like this is a long time before. And he also mentions in a blink photo shoot, they are told to hold lit firecrackers and he tries to get through it. And then he's like, can I not hold these? Cause fire, I was on fire once and they're like, yeah, okay. I understand that. I recently had or was asked to climb a very tall ladder and I couldn't do it. Yeah. I was too scared to, cr- to climb the tall ladder. That's okay. It's okay Sometimes to be I just I'm just saying fears. You, I, I know that feeling of, of wanting to do something and understanding that it's okay and fine, but not I'm just, just being like, not no. I also think my balance is extremely bad, so I feel very unstable when I'm up yeah. in high places. Then by all means, stay on that sweet, sweet ground. Yeah. 
where you where we all belong where we except for the latter people except for the latter people you who know, won the you NPR overlords yeah the latter overlords dj am unfortunately he has his own demons and issues and so i don't know if i, I can't remember whether i said this before but dj am is sober he had a big drug problem heroin and he was also like 300 pounds before so he was doing some like super like a lot of drinking and overeating and he was he has an addictive personality yes. and gets sober before he meets travis and then right around the time of this coachella show is kind of like you know travis i just really want to get fucked up like i just wanted to say fuck it and whatever and he, apparently he's taking xanax now because it's helping with his ptsd and travis is like I know about that stuff. It's not good to be taking that if you have an if you have an addictive personality. Hey man, you don't want any part of this stuff, right? Yeah, the the authority. And so a couple months later, uh, he ODs on OxyContin. Oh, wow. So in my memory, when I was reading this, I thought DJ AM died in the plane crash, and I forgot that it, he actually survived and he I died would of a drug call overdose. That- complications from the plane crash yeah clearly because he had his shit together and is then travis sober sober at this time travis is sobering and it's a right it's kind of after this happens that he fully that he's like this is untenable and he says too he's like that i'm so tired of taking pills now that like he gets into this accident and he has to take pills and he has to be on morphine <laughs> that he's like actually this sucks and i don't want to do this and i'm done it's just like anything you do it on your own and it's a joy and then somebody makes you do it and it becomes work yep you it's true yes that's exactly what happened. So Travis is super, super depressed because he's now he's got like lone survivor syndrome and he thinks life is like final destination and it's like death is going to come for him. Oh, my God. He's super I, depressed. I, he's honestly, though, I would watch that movie. I mean, that that, that movie's awesome. I know I, Travis Bar- final destination. Travis oh, Barker. oh, God. <laughs> as long as he lives at the end. My God. Yeah. Uh, he realizes that, you know, life is short and he basically is like, okay, I need to get out of this depression. So he starts like getting in shape. He gets, he starts eating vegan, which I realize now this sort of clashes with the idea of Woohoo's fish tacos, the um, the Inland Empire fish taco His stand that he. First and greatest joy. Yeah, so I guess there must be something vegan on the item, perhaps corn. Corn, corn taco. <laughs> corn tacos. Corn tacos. You ever had a corn? Tof- you know, tofacos. It's just a uh, corn in a corn tortilla. <laughs> corn on corn. We call it corn two ways. Corn two ways. Flat and kernel. <laughs> um, he gets vegan and then he finally is like, okay, fuck it. I need to record my solo album. And so you ask maybe. Uh, how does a drummer record a solo, solo album? album? You might be curious. <laughs> and the answer is he is owed many, 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 many favors because he's been playing drums on different rapper and rappers and singers tracks for years now. And he doesn't always accept payment. It sounds like it sounds like he's like, I'll, it honestly sounds you like he owe just me. goes to studios and sees who there, who's there and then and just then does like it work something out the day of yeah so he in this solo album he calls in all the favors that he needs uh, and has people write songs that he then lays down the drums for and that's that's the album and so there's 35 different artists on it including Slash Lil Wayne Snoop Dogg The Game Rick Ross Pharrell Lupe Fiasco Ludacris Lil John, and Kid Cudi that's a pretty it's stacked, a stacked list. album. Uh, because we were listening to it a little earlier, can we listen to some of the uh, Slash Please. Uh, Travis joint? Yes. What's the name of this album? I believe it's called Give the Drummer Some, which I think is a great title. Give the drummer some. 
This song is like the Carlos Santana featuring Rob Thomas Smooth of the Travis Barker of your. Yes, that is so true. And honestly, I have one criticism, which is not enough not slash. Not enough slash. Yeah, too much, too, too little slash. But Travis sounds good. All the beats are good. This album is like, it's the best of the thing that it could be. Yes. Which is not excellent, but it is just a bunch of people getting together and jamming together songs around a guy who's basically putting himself up as a very yeah. high level session yes. instrumentalist. So it's never going to be quite as good as a bunch of people coming together as a band writing things as a like band or like a singer, a single singer songwriter who mm-hmm. has a vision of the whole thing. Sure. Uh, it, so it's kind of a shade, a shade below that, but it's, for it's, just a bunch of people <laughs> who are friends with a very good drummer, and that is the premise of the album. It's, it's not bad. Good. It's kind of like if a Spotify playlist had the same drummer, but like a <laughs> bunch of different people. That's exactly right. I mean, I'm I'm down, and he the the talent is totally yeah stacked. It's stacked, and it's also if only there was a Kanye song. I think that would really it doesn't seem like he he hangs out with Kanye. Yeah, it's stacked. although he did hang out with Kim. It's stacked. For two, and especially stacked considering that it's 2011 that this comes out, and you read mm-hmm. through it today, and you're like, yeah, these all these people are still mostly mostly good, mostly relevant, mostly still still in the mix. Um, Kanye is a good collabo; that mm-hmm. would be great. I would love a Run the Jewels, Travis Barker. Well, didn't they play together at Coachella? Did they? Wait, Travis was did something with, at Coachella in 2016. Well, we're going to have to listen to a little bit of this because okay. I, I said it and so it happens. Also, wait. Wait one second. On weekend one of Coachella this year, Marshmello brought out Travis Barker to close his Coachella set. Oh, we're going we to have to listen to that too. Yeah. All right. Wait one second. Okay. <laughs> Doing oh, the most. That's great. There are a lot of good things about Run the Jewels, but the best part of Run the Jewels is the Run the Jewels being super best friends. They're just little buddies. And uh, getting Travis in the mix is just like another super best friend. It's just like a buddy. the super best friend, very hard rap hour. <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm fascinated with Marshmallow. Marshmallow. Um, let's see how. The marshmallow. They did a drum off, apparently. Okay. Uh, Travis and Marshmallow did a drum off in 2017. So let's see how that sounds. God. Wow. Uh, I don't know if that was better or worse than I was expecting. I don't know if that was better or worse than what I was expecting of Marshmallow. I like that Marshmallow fakes you out doing a really simple drum beat, and then he's like he's actually kind of good. He's okay. He's okay. He's okay. I mean, he's no Travis Barker. Certainly not. Also, I'm just looking at an Instagram picture of 
Tra- uh, Travis's kit, which has like the little marshmallow face on the kick drum. And a fun fact about Travis is that he sets up his drums to be totally flat, which is harder to play. And so he says, like, whenever he plays someone else's kit and it's tilted, he's like, oh, I see that this is way easier, but I prefer <laughs> I to make it harder it. for myself. Yep. So that's the distinctive, if you ever see Travis Barker's drum kit, that's, it's, it's I, flat. I think I'm not going to be able to find it out right now, but I think there are other extremely notable drummers who do the flat setup. Uh, mm-hmm. That's like a very idiosyncratic thing to do. Yeah. That somebody else who is very good at drums also does. Right. But I can't figure that out right now. So cool. Uh, so he does this solo album. He's still playing with other people. He goes on tour with Lil Wayne. Lil Wayne's like, Do you want to go on tour with me? And Travis is like, Yeah. And this is spring of 11. He brings his kids. Um, Travis brings his kids. Which is like he, you know, mentions wanting to raise them around like as many different kinds of people as possible and says that his kids love being on the road. Nicki Minaj was opening for Lil Wayne at the time. And so Nicki Minaj would like babysit his kids, essentially. And so like, you know, there's a picture of like Nicki Minaj with his daughter. And then, of course, he also got a lap dance from Nicki at the end of the tour to like celebrate the last night. Was this a public or private one? This was on stage. It wasn't like. Drake needing to get a whole music video made about the lap dance he got from Dingy Minaj. Or like, bar- you know, I would I would call it like half a lap dance, right? I feel like he bar- there's barely booty on lap contact in yes. that. It's a it's an aborted. It's a what could have been, but never was. <laughs> the lap dance that never was. Yes, but mm. no, it seems like Travis got a full lap dance from Nicki, which that's a nice bonus. Um, that's great. So at this Lady, point, I don't know, he's like, Travis is basically like, yeah, I went through hell and came out the other side and realized that life is too short and I love my kids and my ex-wife is whatever and my business is still really successful, my clothing business and I just like making music and, you know, the end, goodbye. So what have we learned from Travis Barker? Um, what have we learned from Travis Barker? Uh, I think... Don't be careful when you set stuff on fire. okay a yes uh i think one of the positive takeaways and i was actually talking to a friend of mine who might be on the pod eventually branson reese Mm -hmm. uh about something i think he quoted kevin mcdonald having saying is his number one showbiz advice which is that opportunities will come to you Mm -hmm. and it doesn't matter if you're good or shitty or if the opportunities are good or shitty they'll come to you Mm -hmm. and you just have to be ready to say yes Mm -hmm. and not be looking away at opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um, learning to judge which are the right and wrong ones is maybe the secondary skill as being ready to say yes mm-hmm. at every single point. And I think that that is the positive value that Travis seems to give to us is that he was He's a always, always ready to say yes to anything that came across his place. Unless it's they were the bad kind of skinheads in which I think oh, yes. he was prepared to maybe say no. I think well, yes. we didn't. Ha- we're lucky that we didn't have to test his mor- morality in that way. We went down the good path of Travis, yes. in which he did, in fact, was able to suss out the good kind of skinheads from the bad kind of skinheads. Yes. Um, to uh, toward the end of the book, he shares an anecdote about his clothing line that I think is another life lesson that he shares. Uh, he says one of the best-selling items ever uh, for famous was a simple T-shirt. It has Benjamin Franklin from the hundred dollar bill, also from America. <laughs> it has that, also from the American Benjamin history. Franklin character that you might know from, from the, money, from money. Yeah. You know the the uh, U.S. paper currency 
extended universe yes, of characters. The number one place you would find him. Benjamin Franklin from the $100 bill with a bandana over his face like he's a stick-up artist and the t-shirt says, get money. Uh, Travis says there's been a tons of robberies around the world where the perpetrators were wearing that design on a t-shirt or a hoodie. We had many news channels calling us for comment, claiming that we were instigating people to steal money. But it was just a motivational slogan. Go get yours. Get some. Not other people's. <laughs> <laughs> that's, in, that's in italics. And I think, you know, Travis is all about, he like goes and gets his and doesn't mind if you go get yours. Yeah. And I guess also if you have a lifelong premonition against doing something, don't maybe, do it. Yeah, maybe stick with it. So I don't I don't know what like existential dread I've had in my life that is telling me not to do a thing. Uh, it, but I'll, I'll definitely pay closer attention if I am feeling strongly about not doing something. Yeah. It's usually like the dishes on a Sunday night, though. And that always ends up fine. Uh, mine's heroin. <laughs> to not do it? Yes. Great. That's a good one. That's a good thing to not do. Yes, yes, yes. This whole this whole series is going to end up just being a referendum on not doing heroin. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, like is- I would like to think that we would know that before, but it's always good to have that reinforced. Yeah. Uh what do we do at the end of this podcast? Um I don't know. I don't know either. We're going to have to figure We're it out. We're going to have to figure that out. Whoa, hey, it's Chris from the future. I figured it out. Follow us on Twitter at andintropod. Send us an email at andintroducingpod at gmail.com. And our SoundCloud is at soundcloud.com slash and-intro-pod. Remember to subscribe to us on iTunes. And you should really rate and review us too. But like only if you're going to be super positive. I don't think my ego can take any kind of criticism. So uh, please get in touch with us. We're both extremely online and we want to hear what you say. We're going to be doing these every two weeks. So see you soon. Uh, this is where we're ending this recording eventually we'll probably record a pickup in which we say go visit our twitter at to be determined and everything introducing or email us at our newly created email site and introducing pod at gmail.com and stay tuned for the further adventures of ronnie specter Wait, do we do we want to announce it before? The no, end? we're actually gonna eventually record a pickup here so I can okay. figure out how we end this podcast. Great. So this is all gonna get cut. Okay, great. Bye Molly. Bye. Bye, Travis. Bye, Travis. There's something about you.